0: Together we lift up our voices as we sing. There's not a friend like the lonely Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. And then we're gonna go straight from that to revive us again. And then ten thousand reasons and behold our God. Uh, maybe push the. Is there the black button on the top right there?
1: Good to have each of you in the Lord's house this morning. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Lord, we do come before you, and we are very grateful for this day that you have given us. Lord, we're encouraged by the warmer weather, and just pray that you help us to count each day precious. Please be with us as we worship you, and we do lift up before you those around the world. We think of Ukraine and so many places. Lord, we can only lift them up before you as you are almighty. We can't solve the problems of the world, but Lord, we know that you care, that you're aware, and that your plan is in place. We just look to you as the sovereign God. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Please be seated.
0: I wrestle with the voice that keeps telling me I'm not right. That's alright. of times this morning it's been mentioned and talked about, and we've been praying for all of the people in Ukraine and everything that's going on over there, and uh, there's a song that uh, comes from the book of Daniel, chapter 7. In Daniel chapter 7, there are three times that this phrase is referenced called the Ancient of Days, and uh, this song is entitled Ancient of Days, and I hope that you listen to the verses and you think about what's going on in our world around us and how He, our God, is the ancient of days. (sweak) See <sweak>
1: So somebody asked me, you know, what's, what's all that equipment back there? And that is, uh, the trustees and I have been working on for a long time to be able to get the permits in place and everything in place because our building, every attic, every corner is full of stuff. Because we do the church, we do a summer day camp, we do a school through the year, and we do a summer youth camp. All the stuff for all that is throughout the whole building. And um, so we are going to go ahead and build back here a garage that's supposed to break ground tomorrow morning and put in the slab. And then what we're going to look to do is, just like through all the years of building these buildings, uh, we did a lot of it together. Um, Very little of all these buildings were built by professional builders. Now, the frame of this section was put up by Morton Building, but all the rest of the buildings were built by our church family. Um, So that's what we're looking to do with this garage, too. We're going to go ahead and get that slab laid, and then I'm going to hope to recruit some of you young guys and some of the old guys, too. But 20 years ago, we did this building. Well, 20 years has passed. Now we're going to get that younger generation to help us. And uh, so we're going to build a garage. I would like you to turn in your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Zechariah in your Old Testament. I'm going to take you to a section of scripture that reminds us that every single one of us is a soul plucked out of the fire. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and you become a child of God... You're added to the family of God. And the scriptures really proclaim it and reveal it as the saving of a soul. Christ called it being born again. And this morning we're going to look at a text that really talks about that soul being plucked out of the fire and given a whole new life. And I want you to see that text with me today to just remind ourselves of the wonder and the power of God in our lives. We look at so much that goes on around the world, even as was mentioned here during our prayers this morning. But the reality is, our relationship with God is personal. Now, yes, it is church-wide, it's community-wide, it's national, it's global. But if it doesn't start personally, then it doesn't touch any of those things. So as we look in this text, We just find a glimpse in this great prophet's life. He gives us a little window back into his life and into his history and into his time. And we learn a little bit about ourselves from it. So Zechariah chapter 3, and I'm going to read to you verses 1 through 7. And then we're going to go through those verses. And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan standing at the right, right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee and I will clothe thee with the change of raiment. And I said, let them set a fair miter upon his head. So they set a fair miter upon his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. And the angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua, saying, thus saith the Lord of hosts, if thou wilt walk in my ways, and if thou wilt keep my charge, Then thou shalt also judge my house and shalt also keep my courts and I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. Hear now, O Joshua the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sit before thee, for they are men wondered at, for behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch. As we look at this text here, We find some things about our soul just as his soul. Because, you know, people are the same. The Bible teaches us there is no new sin under the sun. You and I are not such a uniquely different generation. When you look back through history and when you look into the future of history, you find that mankind battles. Men and women battle all the way back to the Garden of Eden with the sin, that temptation, that free will. So we deal with it by coming to the Lord. You and I have received Jesus Christ as our savior and he has gone ahead and washed our souls, made it white as snow. Our sins are cast as far as the east is from the west. And as we look at this text, it reminds us of God doing that. When you look at verses one and two, We find that Satan resists the saving of souls. He resists people coming to faith. You wonder, why is it so hard for me to get my neighbors, my friends, my family, my co-workers to come and sit under the preaching of the gospel? Why is it so hard for me to get my my children, my parents, my cousins, the people I love to read the Bible or to look at the gospel message? And a lot of that is because Satan never gives up. He constantly wars against the saving of souls. Look with me again at verses 1 and 2 and listen to what's transpiring. Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1 He showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. You and I, we are reminded. That Satan, our accuser, is constantly there. In fact, the book of Job has a great verse about that. Or section of verses. If you'd go with me to Job. Look with me at Job chapter 1. And we're going to look at verses 7 through 9. And listen to what's transpiring. And understand that this goes on all the time. Job chapter 1, verses 7 down through 9. It says, And the Lord said unto Satan... Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect man, an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And Satan answered, answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God? for nothing for naught and then starts the discussion then starts the discussion between god and satan bringing job up and all that's going to transpire in job's life but why did i take you there to remind you that just as in zechariah chapter 3 verse 1 we find satan standing re- and and there he is resisting there he's 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 trying to do his very best to inhibit those who are wanting to serve God. You and I in our daily lives and our spiritual walk must never forget that Satan is active. Revelation chapter 12, 10 says, The accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. We look at the evil in the world. And we wonder, how does this evil go on? And it is because evil never rests. You and I, those friends, those neighbors, those people we love, we have to continue to reach out to them that they might understand. Because yes, even as 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, the roaring lion seeketh whom he may devour. And of course, that roaring lion is Satan, the devil himself. He desires to take souls. Revelation chapter 20, verses 7 and 8 says, And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. That text reminds us that Satan never gives up. Even after he is thrown into hell for a thousand years, when he is loose but for a season in the end times, yet what will he do? He will go out and seek to find those who will rebel against God and align themselves with him. We live in a world that is in a spiritual battle. Whether we see it rise its ugly head in some form in some far corner of the earth, or whether we see it in our neighbors, our friends, the people we love and we care for. We find just as in Zechariah chapter three, verse one, we find Satan standing and resisting God's work. You and I, we can only look to the Lord In fact, we find throughout the scriptures, example of example, where we draw and quote from God's word, where we rest in his power and his enabling that we might overcome. As we come down into verses three through five of Zechariah chapter three, listen to what takes place. Now, Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and he stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with the change of raiment. And I said, Let them set a fair miter upon his head. So they set a fair miter upon his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. This is a picture of God's cleansing power when we come to him in faith and we put our trust in him for salvation. It's it's an illustration of God for each and every one of us to understand the power he has over the sin that we bear. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6 says, We are all as unclean things, and all our righteousness is as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. So when we look at this verse, we, remi- we are reminded that we are even as Joshua the high priest. We ourselves are also clothed. Before we are cleansed, we are clothed in filthy rags. Even as this text tells us. And certainly we understand that we do fade even as a leaf. And our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. We can only find hope and salvation and renewal in the power of God. That's exactly what's transpiring here in Zechariah chapter 3. We see God reaching past Satan, our accuser. Reaching past his consistent, never giving up, advances to defeat. We see God reaching out and cleansing the soul who will reach out to God. And we find Joshua, the high priest, connecting, being cleansed, being renewed through that power. Look with me, if you would, to Revelation chapter 7. and. Your New Testament, last book of your Bible, easy to find. Revelation chapter 7, look with me down at verses 9 and 10. After this I beheld and lo, a great multitude. So here we see John the Beloved, he's looking, he's seeing. He says, behold, I see a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues. They stood before the throne of God, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And cried with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. So you see John looking up into heaven itself and he sees a multitude so great it cannot be numbered. And he sees they've all been cleansed, they're all washed white and in robes of white just as we find here in the book of Zechariah just as it's transpiring with Joshua and his transformation those filthy garments are taken away and made clean through the power of God and only God can do it we're reminded that Our righteousness is as filthy rags. We can try to go ahead and and do good and do good and do good. And and we can send money. We can send money around the world or in our community. We can give money in our church. But that's not going to buy us a clean soul. It's only through the power of Jesus Christ. It's only through the power of our God. And here we are all the way back at the time of the great prophets. And we're seeing this transformation of salvation taking place in Joshua's life. Only God can make that transformation. It's interesting when you come down to verse 5 and we find the prophet cry out and he says, Let them set a fair miter upon his head. So they set a fair miter. Upon Joshua's head and clothed him with these garments. It reminds me of older, over in your New Testament, right after the book of Hebrews, you have the book of James. Look with me at James chapter 1, verse 12. It says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. That's what a fair mitre is. A mitre is a crown. And the Bible tells you and I that he that is that overcomer, he that endureth the temptation, and when he is tried, he puts his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We find that we ourselves receive that crown of life. As James 1.12 says, which the Lord has promised to them who love him. So just as Joshua, the high priest, Just as he had received those clean clothes of salvation, so also is he given that crown of life to represent the power of God's salvation. You and I, we can never give up praying for our neighbors and our friends. We can never give up reaching out to our co-workers, our relatives. We can never stop praying for the world. This morning, we have a gentleman in our services who was a a missionary for years in Ghana. I got it right, because I said Guyana before, but Ghana. Whether it be in Ghana, or the Philippines, Romania, South America, there is a constant war, spiritually, To rob men and women, boys and girls, of their souls. Satan never gives up, but God is all-powerful. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You and I must look to him and put our faith in him and trust in him. And we must endeavor to share the truth of him. As I was watching the news and thinking about what's transpiring in the world, I think to myself about all that history has revealed. And it kind of tied for me into our, our Sunday morning Bible hour lessons in the book of Judges. We read our Bible. We go to the book of Judges and we read about the ancient of times. And we read about these ancient societies and cultures and people and how that they worship God. Oh, and then they fell by the way. And I think of Europe. Europe was once the the part of the world that sent missionaries around the world. And today we're sending missionaries there. You see, we must never give up. We must never be defeated. We must always remember that yes, as diligent as the devil is, we must be more diligent in lifting up our Lord before The masses of the world. And the masses of the world may simply be the boys and girls who sit around your dining room table. As we go back to Zechariah chapter 3, look with me at the last couple verses. Here we see that saved souls have a new purpose. When we're made clean and we have that new garment, that white robe before God, when you and I are, as Christ called, born again, We have a new purpose. Look at what takes place as we come down into verses six and seven. And the angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua. Now in modern English, the word protested means to resist. I'm protesting, I'm I'm resisting. But in 1611, it really meant to proclaim. So part of protesting today is proclaiming, isn't it? Well, at this time, it means to proclaim, to press out. And so as we look into verse 7, it says, so here we find the angel of the Lord proclaiming unto Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt walk in my ways, if thou wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house, and shalt also keep my courts, and I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. You see, God has a purpose for you and I. When we become the children of God, we have chores. And that's important for us to remember. I was talking to somebody the other day. I think it was Louis, actually. Louis was talking about when he was a little boy, his dad, every Saturday, would come home and would ask his mom, did they do their chores this week? Is that true? Oh, all right. Okay. And then dad, let me see, oh, I do, he'd take out a quarter. I
0: didn't get a quarter. <laughs>
1: you didn't get a quarter? I
0: think I got a nickel, but I think because
1: I was smaller. Oh, okay. Well, Louis said it was a quarter for him, but he was probably the he was the he was the guy who did the best we'll say. But that's not really what he said. I'm going to tell the story. You can't tell me I'm wrong. So dad would come home and say to his mom, "Did they do their chores?" And he said, "There were a lot of chores. They worked hard." How many in the family? 9. 9, is that right, Louie? <laughs> okay, before you got there. Somehow it went from a quarter down to a nickel when you got there. I was the baby in the family too, so I, I get that. So he would go ahead and give them a quarter, and on Saturday they would go to the movies. And for 10 cents they got in the movie, is that right? 12
0: cents in the movie, 10 cents for a bag of
1: popcorn. 12 cents in the movie... 10 cents for a bag of popcorn, two cent profit.
0: <laughs>
1: but what did they have to do? They had to do chores. They had to jobs. They had jobs. They had a big family. My daughter, I'm telling you what, she's got six kids. And I am shocked when Sandy and I spend the night there. We let our kids off easy. Because her kids, they get up, they all have chores. I mean, bam, bam. And they know what their chores are. It's like a list. And they do their chores. We thought we couldn't get the kids. I don't know. When the demand is there, it happens. Here, God is saying, we have chores. You and I, when we're born again, we're the children of God. And He says, well, I have things for you to do. You're not left here just to hang out. You and I are supposed to be about the master's business. Listen to what he goes on to say. Because he wants Joshua the high priest to understand. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. If thou wilt walk in my ways. Not in your ways. Not in the ways of everybody in our society and culture. Because the Bible tells us we are in the world, but not of the world. You and I, we're the children of God. So he says to us, he says, if thou wilt walk in my ways, and if thou wilt keep my charge. Do we look at our lives and ask ourselves, am I following the charge of God, the commands of God, the instructions of God, the principles, the the direction that Christ pointed me in? Am I walking in his ways? Am I keeping that charge? He says, then I'll, I'll increase your responsibilities. Then thou shalt judge my house. And shall keep my courts. And I will give thee places to walk among those that stand by. So he tells Joshua the high priest. He says listen if you want to be about my business. You have to live a life like you're in the business. In the business of the Lord. If you and I want to influence the next generation for Christ. And I so desperately hope you do. Because look around the world at the places where they forsake the things of God. Look at your neighbors, look at your community, look at your state. Look at those who will no longer listen to the Bible, no longer acknowledge God. And ask yourself what good comes from that. You see, we have to care. So we see here that the Lord makes it clear. If you wanna make a difference, then I expect you to at least start by walking in my ways. I expect you to keep my charges. Then I'll go ahead and let you have that place where you judge in my house and you keep my courts and I'll give you a place to walk among those that stand by. And each and every one of us, we should look at our children, our grandchildren, our nieces, our nephews, our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, and we should say to ourselves, I do want to make a difference for the cause of Christ, then it has to start right here. It's so easy to say, but they need to, oh, wait a minute. When that one's pointing forward, the rest are pointing back, aren't they? See how that works? Yes, maybe they do need to. They need to do this and that, and they need to straighten out this and that. But it's got to start right here. And that's what he's saying to Joshua. Joshua is a man of faith. He's gone from filthy rags to new garments. He's been given that crown of life, a miter upon his head. But that doesn't make him some elite. We're not careful We can think ourselves to be an elite. We're supposed to be a Christian. Jesus came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. You and I are called as believers to serve a lost and dying world, to serve them the gospel, to help, to influence them, that they might be made clean. Now, maybe this morning you've come to services and maybe you yourself has not yet come to that place where you have received Christ as your Savior. Then today can be the day. In just a moment, we're going to have a couple verses of invitation. And today could be the day where you allow us to open the Bible, answer your questions, go through the scriptures. We will pray with you today that you yourself might see the filthy rags of sin fall away and be made clean through the salvation of Jesus Christ. You yourself can receive the Lord today. But you and I that are Christians, you and I that received Christ as our Savior, we must pick up the charge. We have to take the steps of walking in his way of following his charge, that we might expand and grow our influence in the world we live in today. Let's bow our heads as we come to just a brief invitation time, a couple verses. I want you to bow your head and look in your heart and just take a moment of reflection. Have you yourself been cleansed through the power of Jesus Christ? His saving power. Have you confessed to Him that yes, you are a sinner. And you acknowledge Him as the Savior. And turning from your sin, you call upon Him for salvation. Have you done that? If not, then let's make today the day. And Christian, as you bow your head and as you look in your heart, Are you walking in his way? Lord, we pray for your Holy Spirit to stir our hearts and souls. Help us to draw nearer to you. Help us to stand and wonder at your miraculous saving power. And help us to humble ourselves. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand and we're going to sing a couple of verses of invitation. And if the Lord has stirred you to receive Christ today, then come. Come right here and just look up at me and say, Pastor, today I need to receive Christ. I'll have Brother Kurt or his mom take you to the side room, answer your questions, go through the scriptures, pray with you today. Let's go ahead and sing a couple of
0: verses of invitation All to Jesus I surrender
1: ready to sing that next verse. Christian, for you and I, do we understand the need? We have a never relinquishing Satan who seeks out to devour, to destroy. We must press on. As we sing this next verse, let's in our hearts yield to him that he might use us.
0: All to Jesus'
1: House. I'm going to close us in prayer, and John is going to close us in a song. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, I pray that you be with us as we go forth. Help us to be a people who makes a difference in our generation. And Lord, we thank you for the new clothes, for the washed soul, for the crown of life. In Christ's name we
0: pray. Amen. Amen. I'm satisfied